Hi, everyone. Dr. Mike Reed from Chiropractic Masters. I want to thank everyone for being on today's Master Talk. I have a good friend of mine, uh, Dr. Dan Sullivan, who is part of the Chiropractic Advocate. This is his company, and many of you know Dan, who's one of the, the new researchers and subluxation warriors. And Dan, we talked about uh, how to communicate the irrefutable and devastating evidence of subluxations to your patients. And Dan, first of all, I want to welcome you to the Master Talk. Hey, Dr. Mike, it's an honor to be here. You know, Dan, you and I go way back, and, you know, we've both evolved, and, you know, I love what you're doing because we need guys like you who can actually take the subluxation and, you know, tie all the, the research and the evidence and how to transmit that to the patients. And, you know, I got really excited for this call because, you know, one of the things I've discovered is a lot of doctors, and I think this comes from their training in different chiropractic colleges, minimize the uh, the effect, the devastating effect of subluxation on a person's health. And we've really minimized it to that, you know, sort of pain-based terminology where the research is is irrefutable now on how it's affecting uh, the neurology from hormonal to endocrine to everything in the body. And we've seen the results. Now we can put, you know, science uh, to the effect of the adjustment. So, some of the doctors on this call are probably not familiar with you, Dan. Let's just go back and uh, talk about who you are and, and where you practice and how you got into this line of research. Well, you know, gosh, I, I mean, I'll keep this uh, really short and somewhat relevant so we can really dive into the into the meat potatoes. But I, I uh, you know, so I came out, I, I got into chiropractic college because, or I went to chiropractic college rather because I was, you know, kind of the story you've heard a thousand times, which is, uh, someone got injured, went to everybody, nothing worked, finally went to a chiropractor, right, and, it, and you know, the rest is history. So I was the big athlete in high school. Um, I've got, you know, and I, and I was headed for medical school because my two oldest brothers are medical doctors. My mom's a nurse. My sister's an occupational therapist. So I grew up in that world. And so, um, I, you know, that's where I was headed. I injured myself pole vaulting in high school. Um, ended up going to, like I said, my mom was a nurse, so she took me everywhere, all the best, med, you know, specialists you possibly could go to, PTs, MDs, neurologists, you know, bones, like the whole thing. And I was headed towards, everybody would say, it's all in your head, it's all in your head. And uh, eventually our dentist said, you should try a chiropractor. We didn't know what that was. I went there, and I was in, you know, less than a month time, I'm back, you know, playing sports again. So, um, so that's what I thought chiropractic was. Is it helps people's athletes, it helps athletes overcome pain and can get them back playing again, which to me was a noble cause and helped me. No drugs, no surgeries needed. And um, and so that's what I went to school for. Lo and behold, I get to school my first trimester. Someone sends me to this, you know, this lecture of this guy named uh, Dave Majors, who's a, you know, big chiropractic advocate. And he told stuff, tells me things, and was talking to the audience that I'd never heard before. And it just led me down this rabbit hole of, wow. I can't believe that, but it was an incongruency for me because I was at Northwestern. I went to a school where I wasn't necessarily the philosophical, you know, uh, you know, school of the uh, foundation of the, to say, the uh, fountainhead, if you will. And so, uh, so I ended up, you know, being drawn to a lot of these, you know, the Mike Reeds of the world, and say, you know, this makes sense to me. That guy, you know, he may be out there, but he's not weird. Or that guy, girl out, she may not be out. There. And I can see the testimonies. I see it in their offices. I am going to go down that. So the difference for me, and I could say this is what led me to here, where I'm at right now, is that I wasn't just willing to take one person's opinion of it. I went, I looked at it. That's just been my thing. It's like, let me look at the evidence. Let me look at what 
why this works. And some of that, and I can draw back to, I've done enough analysis on my life that going back to my brothers who are MDs, and that's kind of who I feel like I've always had to prove it to in a sense, it's drawn me to can I back it up with my words and does the evidence back it up? And so I just want to assure you as a doctor of chiropractic out there that, that what we have and what we've had for 122 years now in three weeks, right, or two, two and a half weeks is – is as true and as relevant today as it was in 1895. And now we have the evidence that backs up what we do, and so we can be as bold, if not, you know, and I argue more bold, about what we do, especially from a non-musculoskeletal benefits, uh, you know, value to the world. And so, um, so again, that I came out of school, I was on fire, ran in circles that, you know, like like your circle, Dr. Mike, and, you know, it was a 1,000 weeks. If you can get in a 1,000 weeks, you've arrived. Within four years, I was a single doctor office, uh, you know, cash office, family-based wellness, and I uh, saw, saw a 1,000 weeks in four years. And then I stayed there for a couple of years, and I just – there was something in my spirit that said, you know, I see what's going on in the schools. I see – what some students and doctors are not getting, and I feel like I'm, I'm I, my analytical side, I just feel drawn to not let this continue to go all underneath my, you know, I sure I've had some success here in this practice and continue in this community, but um, it, it forced me to go to the next, you know, the next thing. And so, um, so for me, I, I had sold that practice in Nebraska, moved to Nashville, Tennessee, practiced there with a partner for about two and a half years. Then I moved down here to Atlanta, and it's just kind of been a snowball since then. And, and uh, my, you know, I, I'm not the most, anal- I would say I'm not the most research-oriented guy. I just want to walk into a room and know that what I say I can back up and I can be as bold as I need to be. And when I walk in a room and say, hey, chiropractic, you think it's about back pain and neck pain, and I get that. And sure, we do help people with that. But let me tell you the true benefits of chiropractic dating back to 1895, why the flu pandemic happened, why guys like, you know, Mahatma Gandhi overcame, you know, blood pressure problems in 1942 from a chiropractor, why Napoleon Hill's son, who was deaf and mute, would never, you know, uh, be amount to anything, why because of he attributed to a chiropractor, got his hearing back and was able to go to, you know, college and get an education and be, uh, you know, a, 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 you know, normal again. And so those are the things that say, do we have evidence to back that up so that I can walk into my town or community and, and assure that a patient that I'm talking to or a person I'm talking to that I can walk them through a process and say, you know what, you can trust me because this is your life will never be the same. So uh, I thought I was going to stay short there, but uh, sorry sorry for going off. I love it. <laughs> okay, we can ramble on all night. So let's just get right into the meat and potatoes, Dan. Let's just talk about the irrefutable evidence. I mean, I've seen your posters. I love it. I was in a friend's office. Oh, here's Dan's poster. I'm following all the links. And I love this stuff. I really do. It, 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 it's It's critical for our understanding, but more importantly for the patient's understanding. So let's just drink from the fire hose. Let's just talk about maybe some of the top things that that we've seen anecdotally in practice that now the evidence supports. Yeah, I think the first thing that we have to understand as a profession is that we have come from this bone-on-nerve model that, that although it does happen and can occur, that when we talked about, you know, probably, you know, one of the first mechanisms of subluxation interference of that interference nervous system was this garden hose, you know, you know, uh, occlusion at the garden hose, occlusion at the IVF, that there's literally a pinching or stretching or compressive neurology. That happens, but that is not what happens the majority of time and would need your, you know, from a subluxation interference standpoint. And why that's such a big deal to me is because, I'm big on as we take this message, and I, I just I'm I'm sold out on the fact that man, so many people need our care that don't even know. They think that we do back pain, and they think that even at that, they're not coming to us because you know their their, their husbands, you know, or spouses massage that you know that works for them. And if that doesn't work, then it's the you know this tiling off that doesn't work. Maybe it's the the doctor will give some prescription. Like they still think we do bad backs, and so I don't I I, I don't want to. 
you know, I'm not a huge proponent that the chiropractor has to understand every neurological pathway there ever was that explains why we get the results we do at all. Not, especially not a patient. I've got a, you know, the, the poster you're talking about is the power of an adjustment where we, I, you know, I, I have written out there all the neurological pathways that go into the brain and go into the, you know, the sympathetic nervous system and the adrenal glands and how that how it works. I don't want a patient to know that. I want that, I created that so that they could look at that. They get up on, in fact, that's exactly what happened. I put this big whiteboard in my office. And patients were digging it. And I'm like, how are you digging? Like, it's just a bunch of neurological pathways. And they're like, I didn't, I didn't know that's why that could happen. This is why my friend needs to come in here. And this way, because I would have all the symptoms underneath there. And so that was what, you know, had drawn me. And I want to always, for a chiropractor, keep it simple. But our simplicity still has to be true. We have, what we say has to be true. And what we thought before was that if subluxation occurs, that bone misaligns, we, we squishes down a nerve. That's not the case anymore as far as what we now understand in science. What we now know is because the spine has a direct and intimate relationship with the autonomic nervous system through the brain, that any alteration of alignment and movement of a spinal vertebra, therefore, because of that intimate relationship, therefore, then any alteration, what we call verbal subluxation, will then alter the communication in the central nervous system from the brain receiving the right message and the right message getting out to this proper organ, what we would call to then as health or adaptation. And so as I, I, I want to keep it as simple as possible, but, but for me, we, you can take that, you know, I've spoke to groups of MDs and PhDs and research centers, you know, you name it, and I walk in there, first off, it's way over their head, the majority of them. And it's not because they're not smart, it's because they just have never been proposed this specific of, wow, I didn't know that the spine, first of all, is that closely communicating and, and that closely interrelated with the autonomic nervous system. And second of all, that you could have these tiny misalignments, what a profession has deemed and called a subluxation that actually could, could not show up till way down the road, but could show up and be symptomless, but affect things that seemingly uh, are unrelated to the spine. So, Again, I, I, I want to really boil it down, but let me give you just a, 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 some nuts on that, a nuts and bolts on that, which is if we can go in, and this is why I would just encourage all docs, that when you're in any room, and I don't care, and again, this is simple, you may be in a dinner, you may be in a report of findings, you may be in a, in a big talk, you may be at the hospital, at your child, wherever you're at, that, that every patient would understand the reason why chiropractic is so important is because there is an intimate relationship between the spine and the autonomic nervous system or the spine and the central nervous system that is undeniable. See, if chiropractic goes away tomorrow, there's not another chiropractor, another adjustment, another, you know, a, a, another school, another profession, zero, nothing. The relationship between the spine and the central nervous system, the reason why we get results in chiropractic is the, still the same. And I want you chiro chiropractors to hear that. It isn't because chiropractic is so great. It's because the relationship between the spine and the autonomic nervous system is so great and so intimate. And because of that, there's a profession that came along and said, we actually can address this thing. And if we go away tomorrow, that just means more people don't get that address, and therefore people don't live to their optimal potential. They never get to the place where they could be subluxation-free or this interference between the brain and the body er, er, removed, right? So that's, um, you know, so, so for you to, to really grab, you know, to me is we keep it simple. Talk about the spine. I always say to change, I teach this to doctors all the time, change the conversation. You, we walk in, we tend we want to give you the need for chiropractic right now, but let me, let me, let me change, the to change the conversation. If I walk in you and, and, and explain in three or four or five minutes how 
how your health and life is dependent upon your central nervous system. And your central nervous system is dependent on the, on the function and alignment of your spine because of the neurology that's in and along your spine. Therefore, it would, it, that would then necessitate the need that you actually take care of that spine. And there's things in the spine that you can't just take care of with yoga or with a better workout plan or with, uh, you know, some stretching routines, right? That's where we know chiropractic addresses things that cannot be addressed through just your average normal lifestyle. So um, that, that's uh, – sorry for, again, Dr. Mike, I, I, I get lost in, in, in these questions. No, Dan, this is all great stuff. So uh, how are you finding the best way to communicate this message? You know, I, I do a doctor's report. It's mandatory. It's the first half of the report of findings. They're going to listen to me for 45 minutes. And, and that patient gets the big idea. What are you finding, Dan, that's critical to get this message across in layman's terms? Well, so, uh, I mean, for me, and, I'm, and I resonate, and I'm right there with you, Mike, like it's uh, – it, I have a hard time, and this is just me, and I know and it's you as well, but I have a hard time. Because the message is that big and because everybody needs to hear it, I have a hard time that, that I would, you know, that I can't sit, you know, I could do it one-on-one, but I'd rather do it one-on-100 or one-on-1,000 or you just run on three or four or five for that matter. So a report, I, I think it, it shows it's just two things. One, it communicates that, man, I'll say this to anyone, anywhere, anytime. No matter whether I'm on a radio station or a TV show reaching a million or I'm reaching two people here in an office setting. But at the same time, um, and I, the other thing it does is it builds a level of congruency, I think, is, is that, um, you know, I just encourage anybody, even if somebody's doing one-on-one report findings, right, and I see a lot of doctors and even help a lot of doctors, you know, with this, is even if you're doing one-on-one, at some point, right, it may be just a, a spinal care class or a spinal or a chiropractic orientation, whatever you call it, sit people in a room and tell them that. It leads to you being an authority. It leads to them having more trust in you, whether you, you've built all the trust in the world. That actually comes with way more trust. We just know this through lines of communication. But let me, um, let me give you one major aspect of communication. And I know you know this, Mike, but I think that some of you online, like, and here's the deal. You could, you could give, I could give the same exact script or the same exact talk to 10 different chiropractors and 10 different chiropractors, they get completely different results, right? Two of them are going to blow it out of the water. Two of them will get mediocre. Some of them will get, right? Why is that? Because what we know about communication, if you study any, well, the, the, you know, the king has a profession that studies Anthony Robbins as you, Dr. Mike, but Anthony Robbins is what? 80, over 80% of communication is nonverbal. So if over right. 80% of our communication is nonverbal, then that patient on the other end, I don't care if it's a prospective patient, I don't care if it's a community member, I don't care if it's your, your best patient that's been here for 10 years. That patient is, is hearing what you say without hearing your words, right? If, if they are hearing what you're saying, are you listening? Do you have your, you know, and, and I always talk about every time I get on a stage is, is, uh, you know, is your shoulders back? Is your, not because you just purposely, I want to make my shoulders back. It's because of this pride that you have, the value in that you have. And I say this, your relationship with how devastating subluxation is and your relationship with how amazing innate intelligence of every human being is, that's inside every human being, your relationship with those will determine your outcomes because that will give you – to me, it's like I don't have anything special. Like I grew up fifth in my family, you know, fifth of, of eight children. I was kind of – I never liked to speak in front of people. I was, you know, scared of my own shadow growing up. I was just in the and, – and, but when I began to hear the principle and I began to, I began to hear and, and think about 
man, this is my responsibility. Nobody else knows this. I was going to be a chiropractor five years, in, in two, uh, a year and a half in high school and three and a half years in undergrad, going to be a chiropractor. Literally, I was planning on being, I'm going to pre-chiropractic and then I'm going to be a chiropractor. And I had, by the time I got to hear this guy, that this Dave Richards, I had no idea what chiropractic was. I thought it was back pain. So when I heard that and I began to come through this, I thought, man, if I was actually going to be a chiropractor and I didn't know what it was, can you imagine where the rest of the public is? And so that, for me, always was an encouragement, more of a more of a, a responsibility that I had to myself to say, I need to go out and figure out how to communicate, figure out how. And that actually drew back to, wow, my relationship with understanding how devastating, because I may be, you know, in a sense, I may be scared to speak or scared, but if I know somebody is, a bridge is out and there's a child headed towards that bridge on their bike and they don't know, like, it doesn't matter how shy of a person I am, I have an obligation to go try to stop them or at least try, right? And that's what I'm saying. The, 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 where your relationship with subluxation, how devastating it is, it will allow you to overcome some of the inadequacy, inadequacies in your, in your communication or, you know, it's like you may not be able to speak or don't think you can. But that's where I always come back to your certainty, and I believe the certainty comes from our ability to understand how detrimental this thing is and, and then ultimately seeing the results in practice. And, you know, so, Dan, you know, we talked about potential. You know, the one question I have for great speakers like you is, do you feel from your heart and from your research that, that subluxations kill? I mean, we know it reduces, it reduces potential, but does it kill directly or indirectly? What's your opinion on that? Well, it depends on how you, how you dice it. I mean, in my, in my vision, in my, like, I have the, beyond a shadow of a doubt, like, I've not only, like, seen it, you know, I've not only experienced it, felt it, and, and have a gut instinct of it, I have literally seen it. And, and if you've been, I mean, if you've been in practice for more than two or three years, you've seen it. The question is, mm-hmm. have you been paying attention to it? Have you been paying attention to what's happening when people come in your office and they have all those check marks of those diagnoses they've had, and you look at those, and then within six, eight, ten, twelve months, two or three or four of those go away? And then the next patient comes in and they said that that's the single thing that killed my dad or my mom or my son or my child. Like, so you just point two and two together. Like, if I've seen it, that person overcome it by just what's happening in my office, and I've seen another patient come in and say, if I would have only known about your office because my spouse died from that thing, you just could put two and two together. I'm not the most, I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I have a deductive ability to, to understand and reason that. Now, you want to talk about the evidence, the evidence, again, which way you want to dice it, right? Like 2013, 2013 showed, showed uh, it just took a, a group of people and, and analyzed their posture, and it had four groups. The first group had the best posture, or had the, yeah, the best posture. The fourth group had the worst posture, and they compared all groups to group number one. And group number four, the worst posture group, had a 393% increased risk of disability compared to group number one. All wow. Posture. Now, you may be wow. like, well, I don't do posture. But here's what I'm saying. Like you may not be a posture corrector, if you will. If you analyze and correct subluxation, you improve posture. No question about it. It's impossible to actually remove a subluxation and, and, and correct it and not have their posture improve. So, therefore, every time you lay your hands on somebody, you are minimizing their, their potential or their risk to be disabled or have an activity of daily living that they can't do now. So to your question, do we save lives, right? Define save lives. Like I think living independently on your own at 70, 80, 90 years old, I think that's just as much as saving lives and a quality of death versus a quality of life. And so uh, now to the other point, 
Look at the 2007 study where the guy that has anybody ever died of because their their blood pressure got so high that they had a heart attack. Well, look at 2007. Uh, you know, Marshall Dickholz. They, they did a very good study because of the NUCA. NUCA was there's there's no cavitation, so these individuals they didn't um, they they didn't know which one was getting the actual adjustment and which one wasn't. So they split the group up. You guys saw this Rush Hypertension Center. George Backlos was the MD that that uh, reported on all, all this. Was the director and the author of the study, and basically the group that got adjusted had on average 17 over 10 uh, uh, reduction in blood pressure, and they said they have to, you'd have to take two blood pressure medications in combination to get that sort of result. Now, well, we know again, and, and the cool part about the study is because there was no cavitation, the group that got the placebo, right, the, the uh, placebo adjustment, which is no adjustment, they didn't know. The group that got the adjustment didn't know either because they didn't hear a crack or an audible because it was NUCA. It was just a, it was, you know, a very specific, you know, uh, 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 correction to that upper cervical spine. So that's where, and by the way, everybody that went through that study, they eliminated anybody that, that had had back or neck pain. So we want to talk about should everybody get checked regardless of back or neck pain? Look at the study. That study alone validates why because none of them had back or neck pain. They all had high blood pressure problems. The people that got adjusted, you know, lower their blood pressure better than two blood pressure medications. So this is the stuff that we look at when you dial down some of the research and how it correlates to really practical practice and what I can confidently say to another human being why their kids need to get checked. How about the study in 2015, Journal of Neuroradiology, showed that 37% of 20-year-olds have disc degeneration that have no symptoms. 37% of 20-year-olds. So, and, and then you go back to the other study I always quote, which is out of Scotland, this is two, uh, 2001, showed that this, this uh, MD put 154 10-year-olds into an MRI tube. And he was actually, he was, met, he was, uh, uh, no, I say he didn't do it all at once, but he, but he was measuring them for uh, stenosis. And he wanted to see what, uh, if their spine had, if they had stenosis in their spine, if that related to gen, some genetic problems that he was looking at. So he wasn't looking at whether they had degeneration or not. What he found was 9%, 9%. Of the 154 10-year-olds, 14 of them had asymptomatic disc degeneration at, at 10 years old. So wow. if 9% of 10-year-olds and 37% of 20-year-olds have asymptomatic disc degeneration, then what does 30 and 40 and 50 look like? And I'm not saying that publication is all about degeneration, but what I am saying is if there's degeneration spine, we could safely say – that somewhere along there is some civilization. I'm not worried about the degeneration is I'm worried about the communication, obviously, right, between the autonomic nervous system. And that's where I've been big on the last couple of years is saying, hey, what we now know is congruent with all techniques, regardless of technique. If you do activate, you do torque you do CBP, you do Pedabon, it doesn't matter what technique you do. God said that what we know is that it's improving the neurology through the brain. And you, you know Heidi Havoc's work and what she's been showing. And Ogura did awesome studies with using PET scans, $2 million PET scans. And I've been big on this, what, you know, would you rather? Would you, I would say, you know, ask this to your patients, would you rather? Would you rather have a back problem or a brain problem, right? And I've yet to have somebody say, I'd rather have a back problem, right? Nobody wants to, or, yeah, I'd rather have a, a back problem than a brain. Nobody, see, everybody would rather have a back problem than a brain problem because for some reason we understand as human beings that a brain problem would be a big deal, right? Well, what we know is that back problem or what we refer to as a vertebral subluxation is 
a brain problem because it is an interference. And what we're seeing that interference is in multiple areas of the brain. And when we re- remove that interference, this is why women are getting pregnant, why, you know, blood pressure problems and digestive disorders and even depression and things like that, ADHD and concentration, all those. Why? It's because we're changing the brain. The prefrontal cortex is changing, cerebellum is changing. And so this is that's where it's endless right now. What's very cool to see in chiropractic is that we have the evidence to back up what we've really known and seen for 120 years. It's amazing, you know, and, and still our profession only sees, you know, 2% of the population. So, you know, we, we talk about this. How do you get this message to the community? I mean, I know how, how I do it, Dan, but what I want to hear uh, for the audience that's listening to you tonight is how do you get your message to your community? I mean, you've got a big practice in Atlanta. What do you do? Well, you know, again, it's, there's multiple ways, and I'll, be, I'll tell you this. I mean, the game of community – not only the game of, and I say the game, the, the art of communication, you know, it, it, it's really never changed, but there's things that we know about it. Back to over 80% of the communication is nonverbal. You know, it's also the same thing as where's the people's attention? I'm big on social media. I'm big on actually putting out great content, and I'm big on putting out, you know, research-oriented content. I know everybody shouldn't necessarily do that. That's kind of my flavor is that I put out, you know, constant content, constant value where I win in my – you know, in my area or community or anything that I do, my focus is put out more value than I'm asking in return. When I make an adjustment, I want to put out more value than I'm asking in return. I know that there's more value to this adjustment than I'm asking you to pay for it. And I know that then I always win because I'm always on that side where I can I can speak from that place. The same thing with, when I go out to community, it like it, it's, you know, whether it be a referral, whether it be the way I speak, through, but my thing is, you know, and right now it's, it's all just, you know, tell the message and, uh, and, and, and walk in with certainty um, and, and let the people know exactly what we do. I mean, people are starving for the truth. So there's it's endless ways, but I, I say that only because I also know there's so many different ways, right? I, I, from, from, you know, and you know this, Mike, like social media, like if, if someone's, if someone's on this line and you don't have, if you don't have a place in social media, if you don't have, uh, you know, a firm foundation in putting out good content on a consistent basis, then you're not only behind now, but that gap will continue to get bigger. Let me give you an example. 97%, this is, this is taken out of a study from a few years ago, it's out of a book called uh, Influenced by Robert Cialdini. 97% of people make decisions, including us, you, everyone, Make decisions based on reviews, right? And, and his point was, this author said, we can't get 97% of the population to agree that the earth is round currently, currently. And he said, so the idea that we're not putting attention to what, you know, what you have online regarding what people are saying about you. When I look up at a movie, I know this is like a marketing thing, but when you ask the question about how do I get – I'm big on, on understanding this, this platform because – because it's our it's, it's it's our next wave, like it's the thing that can take us. There's certain that's equal to that. So, uh, uh, so the point is, you know, when I look at a movie, I don't want to know what the critic says about it. I want to know what the average guy like me or gal like you know my wife says about the movie because that's what I'm going to relate to. People relate to how. So that's where putting out testimonies, constantly, you know, put, getting patients to confirm or affirm their results and making sure their friends, family, and again, people in your community know. And so, uh, but by you know, it, it, you know, and besides that. 
that. I mean, get anywhere, anywhere at any time. Uh, now my time is a little bit more, uh, you know, uh, uh, scarce as far as, you know, kind of flying all over the place and, and doing that. But, um, you know, at my height, I mean, I would go anywhere at any time and speak to any anyone, and, and, uh, and ABC man always be closing because they don't know and they can't really – we can't transform if they're not in our office. They used to be under that illusion that I could plant some seeds, and I don't doubt that. But at the, at the end of the day, we're walking into any place. We're saying, hey – this is what I do. I'll give you the value, and uh, but but in order to get your life changed, we we have a specific office to, to help you do that. Yeah, and I agree with you. You know, it's that's the idea. I've seen the biggest practices are the ones that one are, are doing the social proof on social media, uh, like the Google reviews, and and two, they're out there. They're out there speaking speaking the truth, and it doesn't matter how many people there are. My very first talk, I remember years ago. I'm in a suit. It's 110 degrees out, and I'm sitting amongst six different yogis. So it's like, hey, I was willing to go out and do what it takes in order to get the message out there. And, you know, even today, whether you're, you know, 10 years in practice or 30, you still got to be out there uh, banging on the doors, letting people know uh, the benefits of chiropractic, regardless of what they think or say or, or do about you. And we see that in our profession. You've got to be doing that. Dan, let's, um, let's just, because we're coming up to the half hour, let's just um, give the listeners um, how they can get hold of you. What's your contact information if they want to find out more about Dan Sullivan? Um, well, the best way to find me, there's two ways. One, I'm pretty easy to reach uh, via social media because I'm pretty active on that. Um, so you can go to my my uh, page in Dan Sullivan, D.C., um, and uh, you can find me there. And the other one is my website, which is chiropracticadvocate.com. So know the, just uh, www.chiropracticadvocate.com. Um, and I've got a bunch of stuff on there, and, and you can, you know, I've got a, you know, all kinds of stuff there. Some free stuff that you can get, and some of the studies I'm talking about. And I've got a big, you know, e- uh, ebook on there that you can download and so forth. So, um, yeah, those are those two best ways. All right, Dan, let's open up the uh, the lines for a minute. We got a lot of doctors on. I want to see if anyone out there has a question for you. And, and Doc, just state your name, where you practice, and uh, your question for uh, Dan. Lines are open, so uh, any question goes, Doc. Uh, who's got a question for Dan Sullivan? First one's always a quiet one. Come on, guys. There's lots to learn from this uh, superstar in the chiropractic profession. While somebody's thinking of a question, Dan, let's just talk about um, where the research is, is showing the most impact. Is it is it endocrine? Is it hormonal? Is it where are you seeing uh, the, 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 the research coming out right now in 2017 that really has the most impact in chiropractic? Well, that's simple. It's just, I mean, I know this is general, but when we start, we can, we can safely use this language, and it's, it's the brain, right? And so now you say, okay, which part of the brain? Now, we know the cerebellum, every, every, all movement of the spine is directly related. You know, we just know movement in general. We've known this for years, right? Brain-derived neurotrophic factor, I mean, when, which is the largest movement, is going to affect that cerebellum. What we now know, though, let's just say, take that cerebellum, for example. When you change the cerebellum or you influence the cerebellum in a positive manner because of the movement that's happening, right? And we know exercise does that. We know, again, moving and yoga and all that does that. But uniquely, right, an adjustment does it because we remove that interference, that, that, that bone in there that cannot move on its own anymore, Right. And, and when you do that, again, you influence the cerebellum. So there was a study in 2010 that linked up the cerebellum directly with your thoughts, limbic function, and all, cogn- and all cognitive, you know, control. So 
what does that mean, right? It's, you know, you know why, you know, patients get off the table and, you know, some go into a full-blown cry or laugh or, you know, a few weeks into care and they come back and they're just, you know, man, I don't know, doctors may be weird, but or coincidence that I just, I feel like a fog is lifted. I feel positive again, mm-hmm. you know, and, you, and, and you're like, it says, you know, coincidence, Susie or Betty, or right? Like that is exactly what happens. So we know their thought process will change, their entire outlook, right, because that cerebellum is now so intimately connected with the cognition. The other part is the autonomic system, right? This is where this is where you can walk, and this is, I'm big on this, because if you walk into a room and somebody is going to like, oh, I'm going to prove you wrong, right, or I'm going to get you, right, and, and so often, uh, you know, th- there's other professionals and other even, unfortunately, people in our own profession that will say, well, you guys are crazy. You guys are just a bunch of pseudoscientific, you know, cultists, right? And I just walk in like, so so this is my question to them is, is the spine not connected to the central nervous system? Is there not receptors and neurons in and around the spine, mostly in the facet joints, the discs, and the, and the tiny little muscles that are involuntary in and along the spine that when the spine becomes altered or not moving appropriately, what we call subluxation, that those get altered, right? Those muscle spindles, those attendee organs, Ruffini's end, end organs, right? All those, and I would say, are those not, is that not true, right? In this disaffrontation model, and that's where, and I'm not trying to necessarily prove them wrong, but I, I'm not going to sit here and allow someone to downplay not only what we've seen for 120 years, but that they propose there's no mechanism to understand it. And a lot of these researchers, this is why I don't necessarily see eye to eye with a lot of researchers, because they only see it one way. Like, if they can't see it in their inductive model, then they can't make sense of why these results have happened. And I would take a step back and say, 120 years, what are you talking it up to? You know that people come in, I mean, you name it, asthma, allergies, immune system, fertility. Like, it, it happens weekly, daily, right? So, I'm asking them, what do you talk it up to? And and some of them will, will like, say, well, I think that's placebo or I think it's random chance. They're like, are you kidding me? I, and I'm not even joking. So for me, I say there's an absolute biological plausibility why we can recognize and explain why virtually anything can happen in our offices, and it's all because of the relationship with, with the brain. So even the prefrontal cortex, Heidi's work uh, showed in 2016 that if we change the prefrontal cortex, that essentially is all our executive function virtually, you know, what makes you you, uh, showed that it changed with an adjustment and improved. And so, um, so that's, that's the most exciting thing to me in the, in the profession right now is, one, the brain, two, the autonomic nervous system, because then we can lump pretty much everything into there and, and build the necessity for why I can look across and, and look at a mom in the eyes and have confidence and certainty and look at her like she was my own mom or dad or whoever, wife, or, you know, and say, this is why your children need to get checked, right? This is why this office is designed to make everybody healthy, not just those that feel bad, not just those with pain, not just those who think they have a spine problem because they feel it, but because of the results we see, the best would be that nobody would end up getting the best. You know what the best results happen, right? As I say, patients, right, you know the best results that happen in this office? Is, the, is what we call the silent miracles, the ones that never had a symptom in the first place, and if they did, it was very small and non-consequential, and they overcame it, right? Or, or on the other end, do you know what the worst symptom is, right? The worst symptom is the one that your child has sitting at home right now. It's called the no-symptom symptom, right, that we know that function could be lowered in them because of this brain-to-body connection and the spine's relationship with the, with the central nervous system. And so knowing that, I can't, in my own right headspace and heart, not tell you that. 
right? Can I make all the decisions for you? No, but I can't. This is my office. So here's what I know. I, I will treat you like, uh, you know, again, my best patient or my family member, and I need to make sure that you understand this, and, and, and I want to make sure, again, provide an avenue that your family can, can get, get checked and, and let alone get under care uh, in a way that uh, is, is reasonable and, and effective. And, you know, you've seen it, I've seen it, the person that comes in and says, you know, I didn't tell you this doc, but I was ready to take my life until I found chiropractic. And I've seen that so many times in my practice. There's a lot of doctors out there that don't even, aren't even aware that that's happened in their practice. So the, the effects are profound. Hey, Dan, let's see if we can get a doctor online. A lot of you sitting out there in the shadows, you're probably drinking from the fire hose listening to Dan. I'm getting excited on this stuff because I love this stuff. I have a research science background like Dan and, you know, this stuff we need. But we got to get it out there. We need 100,000 chiropractors worldwide to get the message out. And that's how we're going to make an impact on the 2% and start hitting every man, woman, child on this planet. So, docs, there's no such thing as a silly question. Who's got a question for Dr. Dan Sullivan? Quiet group tonight. Nobody out there in chiropractic land. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, Dan. Nobody, no one's supposed to speak up. But go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, no. I, I, uh, I uh, you know, we, we, yeah. They may have just. It may just be the fire hose. They're, they're still taking notes. Um, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I'm just encouraged, Mike. And I think that. Um, you know, I just, that's why when you start to talk like that, and, and I, it's why, you know, we're cut from the same cloth. Is like, I just, mm. I don't see this any smaller. I, I don't see this anything other than, you know, and I don't, and I don't mean to be this, and I, and I love the rah-rah like anybody. I mean, believe me, I, that is, like, but at the same time is there's so much meat on the bones now that I can walk, you, you can go in anywhere, and, and, and I don't have to try to convince you how, revolutionary what we have is like when you look around you just i was just looking at this earlier today the consumer reports uh, magazine came out and on the front of it is is a pill uh actually it's a, it's a bunch of pills it says it says um too many meds this is september 2017 too many meds and the article you know goes through the fact that you know in 2000 and let me let me get this thing and this right why you you say you know it's that big and 100,000 chiropractors like it's not only that big we all water it down every day, all day. <laughs> we all water it down. So, um, so here's what it says. So, two million in 1997, 2.4 billion drugs. The total number of prescriptions filled by all Americans, 2.4 billion in 97, and then 19 years later, in 2016, last year, 4.46 billion, almost doubled, doubled. the amount of yeah. prescription drugs. So, if you don't think people are looking. For answer, I just don't think you've seen it. Now, at that point, I say, what's the vision, right? The vision, we, we have to get a clear vision. One, somebody comes into your office, what's your vision for them? Do you just see that they're getting out of pain, or do your vision for them that you see that in 20 or 30 years from now, they're doing the things they want to do? One of the things that I get most excited about is when a patient comes up for an end-of-care plan, right? So they finish their first series of care, whether it be six months or eight months or, or, or you know, not much prior to that or even a year, right? Or maybe they're in the second or third year, right? And I'm thinking to myself, I, I say to them, listen, Mary, one of the things that, you know, chiropractic is, is and, and our office represents and we want to do for you is to make sure you live as long as possible with as quality as life as possible, with highest quality as possible, right? That is our objective. And that's no doubt, you know, we want a brain-to-body connection and we believe and we fully know based on, you know, every piece of evidence there is, let alone, you know, the, just what we've seen, is that the chiropractic will get you there, right? That will be the best 
bad at getting you there. Now, at the same time, I want you to be able, and this is the thing that goes, un, I would say, you know, not always addressed, is, Mary, I want you to be able to live on your own terms, independently as possible, for as long as possible with the highest quality of living, right? And I when you that. start to talk like that, see, see that, that Mary, she's thinking about her, 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 her partner at bingo who no longer can either show up or comes in a wheelchair. They surely aren't picking up their grandkids. They're not, you know, going down to doing bowling like they used to do, right? So when she's 60 or 65 or 72 or 79, living independently, right? I don't know. We're not there yet, but I can imagine that would be one of the top things that I want to be able to do. I don't want to depend on somebody else. And so think about that. Even that study I talked about earlier from 2013 Journal of Geratology showed that an activity of daily living was directly dependent upon their posture. So this is where having vision – and let me just ask you as a chiropractor, right? You guys are on the line. What other profession – where are they going to go? Who else is going to help them bring, bring them there? Who's going to navigate them through the obstacles of life? And be able, to, and I'm not saying we're everything to everyone. That's not my point. But my point is having them better adapt through a healthy nervous system, through a healthy spine, is one of the single greatest things you could do for a human being. And nobody knows it. That's the weird part. Like we're sitting on a monopoly. You want to talk about building your business? We're sitting on a monopoly. Like we only we can do that, right? We are unique. Let alone that. And that's why I talk about one of the bullet points even of this call. I said the greatest doctor. No matter where I'm at, I, somebody asked me what I probably get most passionate about. It is the research, it is the data, it is the brain stuff. It's about showing people and giving them that four-letter word back, and that's H O P E, hope. Right? Giving them hope. Nobody has hope, and what we have to do is is, is give them hope back in in the way they were designed. Dan, I love it. One more time for your contact information. Yeah, my contact, again, the best uh, is camp, uh, sorry, uh, chiropracticadvocate.com, chiropractic advocate, and my email's on there, um, chiropracticadvocate.com, and you can reach me my email on there or um, on my, my Facebook page, uh, Dan Sullivan, DC, and, uh, and you can message me and, and reach me pretty easy there. Dan, thanks for being on this Master Talk. This is totally awesome. And we're excited because we're going to have you at Prosperity October 27th, 28th at net. The doctor's on the call if you'd love to come. We have 12 amazing speakers, including our science guy, Dr. Dan Sullivan. You're going to be on stage, so we're going to light it up. Excited to have you there. So, Doc, thanks for being on this Master Talk. Until our next one next week, Dr. Kathy Wenley-Colby, guys. Keep practicing with passion, and thanks for being on.